2: i get one from you.
0: Hello, this is Michael Wagner from Skid Row, and you're <laughs> listening to Decibel Geek. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm using it.
4: <laughs> this is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
5: Do they call you a problem child? Do you live your life on trial? Do you feel like you walk an endless mile? Well, you found your podcast. This is Decibel Geek coming back at you once again, and man, do we have a doozy for you today. My name is Aaron Camaro, co-hosting this show with me, as always, my good friend, Chris Sinzak. How you doing, man? This is freaking awesome this has been a long time in the works yes the the planets have finally aligned and we have put together the albums unleashed that we've always wanted to do just the way we've wanted to do it yes today we're doing albums unleashed on the skid row debut featuring both michael wagner and rachel bolan
3: that's right oh yeah Oh, fucking yeah. Long time coming. We, uh, I've been trying to set this up for a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. Basically, since we had Michael on for the Slave to the Grind albums unleashed. It took us longer to
5: get these guys together than it took us to get Benny Vincent on the show. That's true. See? So this has been a long time coming. I want to thank everybody that tuned in last week because we had an awesome conversation with alexi lawless and he is a huge rat fan as Mm -hmm. we all found out and we're definitely going to get him back on the show we've got all kinds of people that Mm -hmm. shared and retweeted with us they would be our geeks of the week this week but we've got a lot to get to today so we can all together laugh at chris next week when he (laughs) is forced to combine the geeks of the week from these two
3: epic Decibel Geek episodes. I'm wheeling an oxygen tank in here just so I can pull it off.
5: Next week it'll be Reverse Epics. Reverse Epics? Yeah, songs that are like two minutes long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just so we have room to read the Geeks of the Week. Not really.
3: (laughs) Although next week's theme is really cool. I think you guys are going to dig
5: it. Yeah, we got a really cool one lined up for next week.
3: And uh, yeah, so um, a lot of you are maybe new listeners to this week's show too. So um, if you're a big fan of this era of music, um, last week was a big week for us also.
5: So if you share shared and retweeted last week, make sure you tune in next week to hear your name.
3: But yeah, last week we discussed the entire rat discography with soccer star and broadcaster Alexi Lawless, and it was great. So uh, if you missed it, go back and check it, and we have an archive of and over think, 250 episodes for you.
5: I think he can also add rat expert oh, to absolutely. His, his list of mighty criteria yeah. that he
3: has. He's a rat
5: And that was so much fun to talk to him last week. So, you know, all the new listeners we got, we hope you stick around. We're not going to take a break in the middle of this week, so we no. want to tell you before we get right into the show, um, HK Collectibles, Inc. They're at decibelgeek.com. The banner's right there at the top. Decibelgeek.com is a place where you can go to get all kinds of things. HK Collectibles, Inc. is an Amazon store. If you go through our link, you're going to help out the show. He's got all kinds of cool stuff. If you love Skid Row... Go to HK Collectibles and type it in. I bet you he's got some cool stuff, probably even some ticket stubs. Absolutely. I'm betting. Yeah. I'm betting he's got a bunch of Skid Row ticket stubs. I'm not for sure. But I'd be willing to put money on it.
3: And also, if you have like a man cave, he's got like really cool pop culture stuff from like the 60s through today. So really cool stuff.
5: Yeah, so check out HK Collectibles, Inc. through the Decibel Geek
3: uh, banner Mm -hmm. at decibelgeek.com.
5: That's where you can get your Decibel Geek t-shirt. That's a great way to help us out. We love it when you leave five-star iTunes reviews. We usually read one at the top of the show. We'll get back to that next week. Can you guys tell we're in a hurry? Yeah, because we, we want to get to this album and talk about it. So, of course, you know, com. Check out the articles, the reviews. There's a whole just shit ton of brand new reviews. I saw a review for a Tesla live album. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was out. Decibel Geek turning me on new music all the time. Let it do the same for you. Um, expert journalists from all over the world. That's what they do. They they send back the word to rock and roll, com. Check it all out there. I don't know what else. Facebook. Facebook's doing great. Mm-hmm. Join the party. Like it. We're almost at, well, I mean, we're creeping up on 4,000 likes.
3: Yeah, it's getting up pretty high.
5: Yeah, so help us out. You know, get your friends to uh, like our Facebook page so we look cool in the eyes of Zuckerberg. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: Um, without further ado. Yeah, here's us talking to Rachel Boland and Michael Wagner about the making of Skid Row.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we we've done that with.
0: People take it always. It's all was in order. Yeah, they check yeah, the order you know, up. They always take it out of here and put it.
5: Obviously, in. they don't know you.
0: <laughs> Docking desk, you roll. Know.
5: Yeah. See, and that's the thing about Michael too. We've been out here a bunch of times, and we've learned the best thing to do is bring the CD with. <laughs> yeah, cause he because moves he has since the day <laughs> it was
0: finished. <laughs> I've heard that one a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah I figured I'm he sure. had. Definitely.
5: The last time we were out here talking about doggy dog. Eat dog Mm. Play it track by
0: track and you're like, "Oh
5: yeah." It, uh, Doug, that's a warrant
3: record,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. that one
0: I hadn't heard in a while. That was a cool but, record.
3: Yeah. You know. Great sounding record. Yep. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you heard this? The first record? Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, other than the songs we play every night yeah. for the past thirty years. <laughs> well I know. <laughs> yeah, right? yes, but, uh, yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Sitting <laughs> down, uh, I haven't listened to it. <laughs> it's been a while. Probably since '89. Honestly. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right.
3: So we we good. We're going. Yeah, everything's rocking. Okay. So well, first off, thanks to both of y'all for agreeing to do this. I mean, sorry it took so long. <laughs> no, it's all right. Good things come to those who wait. It's just good we all live locally. Well, right right you know,
0: anything for a buck.
3: <laughs> I did bring my checkbook and so. something for two. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's <Right. laughs> going to be an expensive one, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're here, and we we've been out here before to talk to Michael about Slave to the Grind, and 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 that was a fun discussion we had, and. And one of the things that stood out to us that day was we'd talk about the songs and then he would say, well, if we were talking about the first album, if we were talking about the first album, mm-hmm. and then, like, we got the impression that there were a lot of really good memories tied to the making of the first record. So we're like, well, why don't we come back for the first one and see if Rachel will come on and do it with us. And uh, so thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, before we get into the making of the album, a lot of this, there's a good chunk of this material that predates the band that recorded this record. Oh yeah. yeah. So a lot of the stuff was written well before, it. and and it's the story of how you met Snake and everything is well known and out there and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let people look that up on their own. Okay. But you were you had a guy named Matt Fallon with you before yeah. Sebastian joined on. Yeah. Um, how much of this material was with him, and and what was the circumstance that basically got him in the band and then got him out of the band? Well,
2: we uh, he was friends with Snake when I met Snake. Um, I had a band with Scotty Hill
6: mm-hmm.
2: called Godsend and we were like a glam thrash band basically where they either liked us or absolutely hated us and unfortunately most people hate us but um, <laughs> the uh, and he had a band with these uh, his friends one yeah. being Matt Fallon another one being this guy Charlie and this guy Jimmy they didn't have a bass player that was Steel Fortune no it was or after Steel Fortune, Fortune. Oh, after. it was and the band was actually called Darkness okay and uh so he asked, yeah, yeah, he asked me if I wanted to come up and jam and whatnot, and so I did. And I always, I, I had met Snake years before, and just a, when he was in Steel Fortune, and that just I, that story could go way back. <laughs> so I went up and I jammed, and I really thought Snake was super talented and, and a great songwriter. Um, the material that he had, I thought was really cool. But I, I'm a punk rock kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was uh, I thought it was well, really well written and I thought it was fun. But I'm like, man, if I I could hear this on this and that. And actually, the only song from the Matt Fallon era was Midnight, mm-hmm. Clock Strikes Midnight. Yeah. And so we had a bunch of other stuff um, with him that we had demoed. And then it just never saw the light of day. It was, it was a, a bit, like, some of the stuff sounded a little too much like Van Halen. Other stuff sounded a little too much like Cinderella. And then him and I just, like, all right, we kind of cleaned house with the band, and we just started writing and writing and writing and writing. writing, writing. Right. And we wrote, like, man, even before Scotty was in the band, Scotty and Rob, we, we had a lot of this written. A lot of this stuff. Uh, looking at Youth Gone Wild was written. Rattlesnake Shake, um, Piece of Me, Most of Eighteen in Life,
3: uh, yeah. So these songs go back to what mid '80s you'd say? '87. Uh, okay. Some of them, yeah. And so with Matt, it just it wasn't it just wasn't gelling the the way you wanted. It just didn't have the defined sound that you that you were looking for. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and cuz he's kind of an unfortunate story because of the the near miss of being with you guys and then before that with anthrax
2: anthrax right
3: it's just it's a i mean who who gets two shots at almost being in mega big, big bands you yeah. know um did you did you, I you ever See a talk pattern to him? there well <laughs> possible yeah. did you ever talk to him after you guys made it big or was uh that really you know hit?
2: i ran into him uh in a mall christmas yeah. shopping one year and it was pretty uncomfortable because oh, yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm outside of, it just happened to be outside of Camelot music and uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, there's like a big cut out of us and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is really weird. Uh, but, you know, he was a cool guy. It's just, it just wasn't the right fit. Right. And, and um, you know, and, and actually when we, we had opened, it was Rob, Snake, Scotty, myself, and Matt and um, Bon Jovi took us out on, uh two shows at Stabler Arena uh-huh. in Bethlehem Pennsylvania and we went out and I'm like wow these people really like us and they never even heard our stuff mm-hmm. and so right after that show after we got home Doc calls us like get a new singer <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, and I, I was just you know nothing against Matt but I was like yes
3: so Doc was already managing the band at the time he was yeah
2: yeah. he pretty much knew he was going to manage us yeah. and uh, you know the the brotherhood between Snake and John yeah um, Snake actually said to Doc one day, he met him, he goes, one day you're going to manage my band. He's like, yeah, right, kid, go get me a coffee.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: wow.
3: Well, 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 before we get into the album, what, well, describe... I mean, it must have been kind of an out of body experience doing those shows in Bethlehem. I mean,
2: oh my God, that's a, that's a big jump! Oh, it was amazing. Bon Jovi
3: was huge. That, well, they, you know, were, they
2: were just just they starting, were like yeah. that was on the uh slippery one, whatever right? slippery, yeah, yeah. And they were just starting the tour up there, and they had two shows at Stabler and one show in John's, uh, Johnstown, PA. And that show, something happened with all the production, and we ended up not opening, so we were. You know, so bummed out. Uh, And from that point on, I went back to work and I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna only work half days now. I got the. I was just like, that's what it's
6: fucking like, man. All right, like,
2: cool. It's
3: gonna be weird to go so, back to a regular job after.
2: Yeah, I was. I was playing on that what stage. What was he doing? I was customizing vans. I was in the Really? Yeah, the, I did all the woodwork inside the vans. That's what she said. No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. so what's the process then? Like when you're in that situation, like okay, go find a new singer. How do you do that?
2: We just started. Uh, we put the feelers out, and then with. The uh the the uh you know, John Star Power, he just actually said here, send to this address mm-hmm. if you have a tape or something, some kind of demo, send to this address and it was in I think uh, uh was it Circus or I think maybe Metal Edge. Maybe it was in mm-hmm. Metal Edge magazine and we got inundated. I bet with tapes and we still we saved a couple i don't even know if they work but man there were some buttes out there (laughs) it was hilarious it's
5: like american idol before there was such yeah people just
2: singing into like a cassette you know just absolutely awful and guys and chicks and there were a couple in there that were like wow this might be good and then we would bring them down we're like wow, dude, you never said you were like 75 years old, you know? I, I made that tape when I was 30, you know?
3: It's like, Why all right. Why a leisure suit? Yeah, 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 exactly. It was also Facebook before Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was Sebastian's tape in that pile?
2: No, he, uh, we just met him through a photographer friend of ours, and this guy, Dave Feld, who went on to work for Atlantic Records, and mm. he said, hey, man, you know, this kid was singing up at, uh, up at Mark Weiss's wedding. He got up and sang, because uh, the band he was in then, Madame X, I guess they were there, because Mark just did their... Uh... Which
0: I just mixed. Yeah, that's Madame right, X. yeah. Of really? course, yeah. That's week. Uh,
6: that's
2: cool. So, yeah, so then, uh, we brought him down for the audition, and, and uh, they were like, yeah, we, he sings really high, but if we could rein him in, you know... Oh, really? Uh, yeah.
3: hitting the, like the he, super yeah. high notes. Yeah.
2: And, but, I mean, he was 19 years old, so he still... We We were only... Shit, we were only 23, I think.
3: So you're all pretty much kids. I mean, kids yeah. for sure. So we're like, well,
2: you know, if you could learn to sing down here, a gig is yours.
3: Hmm. And what's a 19-year-old Sebastian like coming into that audition? Probably the same as he is right now.
2: <laughs> I would imagine. So I've
3: been told. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <famous>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah, it's add a lot of crazy. money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you get the lineup in place, you have this material ready to go, and then um, how does how was Michael brought in as producer? Who whose call was that?
2: We we had met with a bunch of producers, um, and none of them like we felt because we were so new to this. It was all like snake and i looked at it as a hostile takeover right because we were like this around our stuff like that, you know mm-hmm. and we felt it as a hostile takeover and well i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and gonna do this and then we were in providence rhode island right and you 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 had just done um white Lion. I yeah believe.
0: atlantic brought me over yeah flom, it, brought flom
2: me over. jason flom was
0: it, a, was it a stone pony or something no i think it was providence rhode island yeah right that's at
2: right. the at the the Living Room, I think, was the name of the right. place. Just Small club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I heard Michael was coming, I
6: was,
2: like, oh, I was just thinking of all the bands yeah. like, that he did. I'm just like, oh, my God, I could go through my top five.
0: And that was just when everything just started. Yeah. yeah. And I, you right, started with you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you already
2: had quite a resume. I but I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, <laughs> I could name my top five metal albums and Michael Absolutely. has produced. Five of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. And so we went, and it was Snake. We were sitting at a little tiny table, and it was Flom, me, I think Scott McGee. Yeah, uh, or it was Doc. Doc, was Doc yeah. yeah. And then Snake was across. And Michael said one thing, and I kicked Snake under the table, and we just went. Because yeah. he said, I just want the band to be the band. And I took you know, and I kicked Snake under the <laughs> table. And he's like. And then, I look at Doc. I go, "Yep, yep," like that. I was trying to be all cool. And we were, then we were so psyched. And yeah, next thing we know, we're in pre-production,
3: right? Yeah, and was that in, that was in Wisconsin,
6: or no. was that pre-production? Were, that was in New Jersey. Yeah. It was
0: in Jersey, right? In yeah, that tiny little studio upstairs, a track studio, something like that. The tape that I microwaved.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple.
0: Atlantic called me up. Uh-huh. It, it sounds a little bit different from my end. Okay. Atlantic called me up, and, and and Flom always had the... You know Jason Flom? Yeah. He, was, you know, he had always this thing. I go, send me a tape. No tape. i got to fly you out here. And they fly you out first class, you know, which is... In, and they stay at the best hotel, and you you got to see this band. So I see the band, and, and they're playing, mm-hmm. and they're kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And then Doc goes, I'm put him on tour of Bon Jovi for nine months. I go... And then Flom goes, "Can you do something with them?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my end. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, "This is this is going to happen no matter what." Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah. it was good too. And if it wouldn't have been good, I wouldn't have done it.
2: Right. Yeah, I hear you. We and I got to give it to John and Richie because we they worked us so hard at writing songs, to, yeah. and you know they were they were helping us. And we give them stuff. They're like, we're not taking this to anybody. Mm. We're not taking it. It's got to be better. It can't just be good. It's got to be great. I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing that. And I got a call. We, it was Snake. He worked at a music store in the town where I grew up, so we'd always write at my parents' house. And we were in my room writing, and my phone rang, and I picked it up. And they go, hey, tell Dickhead to pick up an extension. And I was like, all right. So we're like, oh, man, this is going to be it. It's like they're going to say, you guys suck. Fuck it. We're not helping. And he goes, you guys are finally ready. Let's do this. And I just was like, it was just dead silent. Uh-huh. And it's just like, are you assholes still there? And we're like, yes, yes, <laughs> we're still here, man. So like, let's do this. Here's who we're going to talk to and blah, 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 blah. And then like, then fast forward. And,
3: I can and, tell that's still vivid in your mind.
2: Like, oh, dude, uh, I uh, could remember the tone of his voice. I was just like, oh. Is he gonna be the dream crusher
3: here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very easily could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of power there. Yeah. Okay, so you do pre-production for how long for before you start recording?
0: I think we did a week, right?
3: Yeah, at least. I,
2: I mean, I, we
0: went at it hard, though. Yeah, we did. It was it was this tiny studio. There was a staircase going. On. I can't remember.
2: The chalet was it? The right. chalet, yeah.
0: Or was it on slave?
2: Uh, it could have been slave actually. Yeah.
0: But it was a tiny little room, and we just went in there, and and and. Uh, but I think we did pre-production before somewhere else, didn't we? Do it at your house.
2: Yeah, we did yeah. my parents' garage. Yeah. yeah,
6: yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 so that was like the, you know, putting all the songs together and and, and that part. But then we went and did that little demo because Doc wanted us to do a demo.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that that was that that. Uh, Well, that was the first recording that we did. I think Mm. it was a track, something very, very simple. Right. And Sebastian loved that fucking demo, and 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 I go, (laughs) no, it's not anywhere yet. He wanted to release that. It's going (laughs) to be (laughs) way better than this. Yeah. You know.
3: Well, that's just the excitement of getting into with a real producer, and I'm sure he was just excited. I mean, which I mean, you all had to have. I mean, that because that's basically your dream coming true, right there. I mean, once he's on board, you're. And you know you're gonna open for Bon Jovi. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I think they told Michael we were doing a Bon Jovi tour before they told us. <laughs> I yeah. believe that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that night when you were playing, yeah. Doc told me. I'm thinking off that was one of those. You know? Yeah, right.
3: yeah. Don't tell them; they'll get their yeah. their heads will get big. Yeah, right.
0: And then Flom goes, "Well, can you do something with them?" I go, "Sure." Yeah. He goes, "Well, we we'll sign them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, he did that a few times.
3: And. The always correct Wikipedia has a mention of around this, somewhere around this time, that you guys had to pay Gary Moore 35 grand to get the naming rights. Uh-uh.
2: That, I, I don't know where that story That's came from. It's all over the internet. I know. I, I, I know. So it has it,
0: to be true, right? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. well, I know. I, uh, actually, Rolls. I do, I do, I do know. All Skid Row, right? uh, yeah, yeah, we
2: didn't the the know sixties, that. I mean, yeah,
0: but it wasn't
3: a big band or
2: anything. No, I mean, let's face it, the biggest band like from Ireland at the time Mm. who was barely big in America was Thin Thin Lizzy. Lizzy, Who he was part of too. Yeah, and so think about how hard it was to get Thin Lizzy material. Uh There was no way we could have known without the internet or anything, there was no way we could have known about Skid Row. And we didn't find that out. It was the day that they slid us the box of these. They go, did you know know there's a band from Skid Row, uh, from Ireland called Skid Row? I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, they're from the 60s. I'm like, Tell me they're dead. Please tell me they're dead. You know,
3: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we were worried about it, but it, it. So he didn't pursue legal action or any or threat. No,
2: that I I know where that story came from, but no, I'm not going to shit talk the person that did it. <laughs> it's just so it's just uh, uh, an yeah.
3: exaggeration. It's yeah, it's all false. Okay. Well, I saw that. I was like I have to ask because I am a Thin Lizzy fan. But yeah, um I love and Thin Gary Lizzie. Moore's amazing. But uh, yeah, I was like, that's strange. Yeah. Okay, so. After pre-production, you guys choose Lake Geneva, Wisconsin to do the record. So
2: Management chose Lake Geneva, Wisconsin.
5: Well, okay. Okay. Why Wisconsin? That,
0: that was probably my fault because um, I was doing a lot with Roy Thomas Baker at the time. Mm-hmm. And I go, where can I go where there's a big, big drum room? You know, at the time, drums had to be the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And he goes, there's the studio in Wisconsin. They have a, a, a convention center right next door. And I just did T'Pau there and and it's awesome for recording and that's how it started yeah okay. i think i suggested that to at least look at it yeah mm-hmm. and then i don't know who made the final decision Probably yeah Doc, right yeah yeah
2: so i've been blaming him all these years i should have been blaming you
0: <laughs> <laughs> no they, and they wanted
2: no distractions and well, <laughs> you'll get them there <laughs> wow there was
0: what well, kind of <laughs> yeah.
2: There, there, yeah there was uh the only real thing to do was Alpine Valley. Yeah, We used to see concerts concert. every fucking weekend. Yeah.
3: Know? Good venue so. to see him too. Oh, absolutely. He grew absolutely. up in Wisconsin. So. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. on. But uh yeah, I mean how many times did just say, man, we could be hanging out at the Rainbow right now. In <laughs> fucking Wisconsin. <laughs> and you
2: know what is myself and I could speak for Snake as well. Uh-huh. We didn't care where we were, you know, and I don't think any it. of us did, but Snake and I just this was our baby and we were on a collision course with getting this thing done and we couldn't care if it, we, yeah. they made us record it in the pay toilet we were going to do this so it's was,
3: it was more about the work than yeah. the lifestyle yeah.
0: and the studio was the studio was actually really really good it yeah. was the outfit yeah. of the studio the studio owner had tons and tons of money he had a seat on the diamond exchange in belgium mm-hmm. so he had tons and tons of money they had a rolls royce limo there that yeah you know and uh, which we never got to use (laughs) but any microphone you could think of the sound in the room was good the the technique was good uh, it was just in the middle of freaking nowhere yeah you know which i to me it didn't matter because Mm. i'm in the room for 12 hours a day right but if you wanted to do something well we went and Mm. that was the first time i rode a jet ski yeah. Oh, I was yeah? up there because it was summer break or something like that. Yeah. You got yeah. to ride jet skis on Sundays or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, there was not, for them, there was not much to do. I remember them coming in and begging, can I do my part? Can I yeah. do my part? And for me, that's like, yes. yeah. <laughs> work,
6: yeah. you wouldn't know?
0: work. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So for you, but it's still, a dream come
0: true. <laughs> it's still, I have to say, this is the most fun production I've done yeah. in 44 years. Wow. We,
2: we had a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah.
0: We had a lot of fun. It was like it was just everybody was fucking crazy, including Scott Mcgee. Yeah. You know, including the management, and everybody was crazy. But well, when it came down to work, it was work. Yeah. And and everybody did their job. Everybody knew their parts. But as soon as we're done, it was craziness all yeah. around, and yeah. and it was so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. We had
2: a lot of fun. That's
5: so fun. that's all that anticipation of. Because you know at this point, yeah. you got to know this is going to be huge. You know, in, in your mind, yes,
2: and your ego is telling you it's going to be, but thinking back, we don't know. We didn't know. Things could change uh, this was like just that. a, a record you know? that
0: we did, and we did the best we could. You mm-hmm. know? You always do the best record you can do, and and, and then you hope for the best. Right. Oh, yeah. You I, never know that's going to be, oh, that's got to be massive.
2: Yeah. I mean, being on the inside, you don't realize what's going on, who's doing what for the band. And I realized how big the buzz was about us when uh, the Def Leppard guys came down with champagne that time. Right. Oh, yeah. And they're like, hey, man, heard about you guys, because they were playing Alpine Valley and staying at, at the, the oh, hotel okay. where the studio was. And they brought down champagne, I'm just like, is Joe Elliott pouring me a glass of champagne? What the fuck is going on here, man? They were so cool. And they've always been like that ever since. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. but And then I, I just kind of... That must have been yeah. Took, took a moment, and I'm going. How the fuck did these guys know about us and like know that much about us? You know, it was
5: crazy. <laughs> so well you guys are pinned down in Wisconsin, the word is getting out about what's, what's yeah happening.
2: Must
0: have yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know we were just doing the record, and 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 for me it was just a bunch of guys that were, I was on the same level, on the same you know same yeah. humor, same everything. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like I was in the band. Yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it was it was a to me it was just awesome it was yeah. really awesome
3: that's great so it sounds like everybody was focused and oh yeah totally Absolutely. I had the same totally. goal and in yeah. we mind. did the
0: pre-production we did the demo mm-hmm. so we had basically 95% aligned that we could hold on to mm-hmm. you know this is what we want to record so now we had to just do it right and good yeah. but it was worked out the songs were worked out and you guys I mean the songs were pretty complete by the time I got involved mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they were. There weren't many changes. No, little little stuff. Little little stuff, yeah. Okay,
0: that kick drum and that bass have to be together, but Mm
6: -hmm.
0: not parts or uh, absolutely no lyric changes for me. Yeah. You know, A, that's not my business, and B, it was all perfect. Right. You know, and and yeah, maybe a a little thing here and there, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't, but even those little things took us about three weeks to do. Right. You know? And and uh, um, But it wasn't like We were writing the songs As we were doing pre-production Yeah You know
2: I remember the gang vocals uh, Can't Stand the Heartache You came up with that Yeah That acapella thing Boom That was his idea
0: to
3: intro
2: the song That was Michael's Yeah
3: Yeah, yeah that's a really cool part of the record, yeah. which we're, we'll get into that with a track by track. That's I
2: mean, why
0: it sold so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one part. That's it. Man, I'm so fucking good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So awesome. well, let's get into the tracks. So, it's it's an awesome album opener having Big Guns kick off the record. written during pre-production no
2: no when did this get written this got written before i mean we were doing this in our set i think i think it was a lot longer if i remember right yeah and we did like double choruses every chorus and all that shit but uh no it's that was that was written i think it was written before we even had Smash. oh yeah yeah definitely was yeah
0: in in general, all the songs were were there yeah. and, and some more um, before I before we met. Mm-hmm. You know, before we started working on it, the songs were already there.
6: Yeah.
0: And so I, nothing got actually written in, in pre-production. The I don't think so. Okay. Maybe maybe the reprise
2: Oh, the tornado thing. Yeah, that, th- that was in the studio. That was because in the I studio. saw a tornado outside. I remember, right. we lost power in the studio <laughs> and we had that riff.
0: Good well, thing start... you didn't know it was my fault that we recorded. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a duck of blame. <laughs>
3: wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, with big guns, was it uh, was it kind of thought to be the album opener early on, or, or was that later on? That I,
0: was
2: I don't decided? think we really had a, a running. No, we running didn't have water. a sequence yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. until we had
0: when, yeah. the songs, and, and I mean we we wanted to hear them done.
6: Mm-hmm. you
0: know and then we figured out okay well, that song is in net key that song maybe there's a fade in there's a fade out or something like that right. that's that tempo that's that tempo and we put them all together and shuffled it around a couple of times right and that's what came out in the end gotcha
3: well, we, it's a great album opener it is yeah it's it's got such a big sound to it like it's it's tailor-made for arenas you know it, yeah the, the riff itself is and you, know, you get the the big cymbal crashes that Rob's doing on the, right. the intro. It's a great a- album opener.
5: It's in your face enough where it's an awesome introduction to, to the band even for for people like us, you know, that were kids getting the albums. Right. And to hear that, that first song, is like, what? You know, <laughs> what <laughs> right, is right. this? Holy shit, you yeah. know. And well, then it just sets up the rest of the album. I think it's a perfect opener.
3: Well, because my first exposure to, to you guys was the Youth Gone Wild video. Right which for some reason in my head I was thinking when I got the the tape for Christmas that year I was thinking that would open the album for yeah, some where reason is it it's, but it's, it's i think right. it opens side 2 doesn't it or is it no it doesn't no oh,
2: here according to this it's second song side 2 but
3: but it's but uh, then when I heard big guns i mean it made more sense cuz it's it just it's a good it sets the tone for the whole record right right you know and then that goes into sweet little sister which you and snake wrote together mm-hmm. does that go back a pretty good way
2: yeah, and it was a different song. Uh music was pretty much the same, but it was a different song and we never really had a melody and um when at that point we were rehearsing at this place the Rubber Room in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I lived all the way down in Toms River, so it was about an hour to rehearsal and I'd stop by Snake's house and pick mm-hmm. him up and uh then we go go to the Rubber Room and him and I had been talking about like we don't like the way we love the music we don't like the lyrics Mm. and and don't like the melody and let's just start new with that so I'm driving up and I just start coming up with lyrics and it was before these and before cell phones and I didn't have my dictaphone or my cassette player with me so I didn't have paper I didn't have anything to write with so Uh all the lyrics to all the verses Uh I just kept I was coming up with as I'm driving and I'm like, oh my god, I'm still forty minutes away. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Repeating them to yourself. Just kept yeah. repeating him, them, repeating them I pulled into his mom's driveway, ran through the door, I was like, Mama Snake, I need a pen. And she's like, I don't have a pen. All I have is just it was a grease pencil, like to to do uh tailoring, you know, alterations. Yeah. And I go, It's good. And I just grab a bunch of paper towels and run upstairs and snakes are like don't talk to me. And I'm writing it all, writing it all. He's flip it over, he's like Oh my God! Who's gonna sing all those lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> See, with the whole thing written on the drive over, on, on, on the, all the, the the verses. That's crazy. And then he uh, came up with the sweet little sister, and then the next day we finish it off. <laughs>
3: came up with Mona Lisa with a new tattoo. I think that was me. That's a cool one. Yeah. Thanks. I always Thanks. thought that was a cool you? <laughs> What was the original title for it? Remember? Rock, rock, rock. rock, rock you made the right rock. decision. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Rock, rock, rock.
2: Hmm.
4: It, rock, rock, rock. Was it ever demoed
2: that Uh No.
4: Oh, so no, no, so we, no, it
2: never okay. even got like, we used oh. to record every uh just on a regular old tape deck we'd record just about every rehearsal.
3: I didn't know if we were gonna get a deluxe edition with rock rock rock. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I don't ever I, You'd never heard, never rock, heard rock rock rock? Topic. No. No, that's <laughs> it's, we were sweet little sister. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. So then uh can't stand the heartache, which we said the the a thing was Michael's suggestion, which is a cool suggestion. Mm-hmm. I like it. Get Insane a talent at getting gang vocals.
2: Like, oh, he invented it, yeah. man! <laughs>
3: but, like, getting them produced perfectly. Yeah. You know, was there a lot of takes done for that, or was it pretty easy? I know a secret.
2: <laughs> you explain For,
0: it. for the uh, for the backing vocals.
2: Yeah, and gang vocals. Gang vocals. Gang
0: vocals. Yeah, yeah you, you just like uh, did a whole bunch of takes with a bunch of people. Yeah. You know, and you did a, and and since that was still tape, at the time even though it was digital tape, but you could slow it down and speed it up a little bit, so you would speed it up, and everybody had to sing like that, and then it's obviously out of time. Yeah. And it sounds really drunk when you slow it down, you know, and and that's how we got those, and then we bounced them together onto, was that this one that we, no, I think that was Balls to the Wall, where we did like 20 tracks, bounced them to one, did 19 tracks, bounce that's them to another, no. <laughs> wow. I don't know if we did it here.
3: Yeah. Do you still use that technique when you record them?
0: Um, Yes and no. Yeah. Now it's more like, okay, go in there, go mm-hmm. with 20 people, go in there right. and sing, you know, and then do 20 tracks of that. Mm-hmm. And you have 400 people singing.
6: Yeah.
0: You know, and that, that's mostly actually enough. Right. Yeah. You know.
3: I gotcha. you. Um,
0: with Scotty and
3: Snake, you uh, I mean, how long did it take them to work out the guitar solos for this record?
2: Man, I'll tell you what. I was looking that up. They they just kind of knew by feel. You know what I mean?
3: The interplay between the two of them is just It's ridiculous
2: because they're such... I'm very fortunate to be in this situation with two of my favorite guitar players, right? Mm. And I just happen to be in a band with them. Um, Snake has such a different style than Scotty. Right. And... You know, I was a little worried that it wasn't going to mesh up. Mm-hmm. But they both understand the guitar, like just fundamentals, if that's the right word, of guitar playing. And we, they both knew what each other was after, which made it so much easier on them to play their part. Mm-hmm. And so a ballad would come up be like, go for it, Scotty. And Scotty was the ballad solo guy for a while. And the Faster Songs snake because of his style yeah and then when those guys would do harmonies just like i could hear it so clear that their technique is so different but it gels so well man it like fills the spaces of each other yeah right so
5: cool that's what we're kind of talking about we were listening to it Mm. how it's a great headphones album it is because of the guitar soloing mainly because you know you got snake in one ear doing this you got scotty in the other ear doing this but then through the magic of michael wagner it all kind of blends together yep. it comes apart and then goes back together it, it just interweaves so yeah it's crazy it's, it's awesome it's
2: so well, crazy. see
0: there what's that? that's what i was looking for
5: used for snake solo
2: on big guns
0: and that's not a joke
2: at the end right yeah, yeah. it's
0: not a joke mm. there was like there was a case uh-huh. standing like this and these tools were laying on top of the on top of the case and uh-huh. he was playing solo uh-huh. and at the end he's Smiles at me and takes that stuff and throws it onto the guitar. No shit, that's awesome. We're keeping He goes, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm just we kept out. it. <laughs> oh, we keep <laughs> it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's cool.
0: And people have no clue. What I mean by well, I've seen that picture right. on your Facebook. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> he talking you know.
3: about? Yeah, I didn't. Mm. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, cool. And that that I used to do that. And people did stuff to like just. Fuck with me, <laughs> and it always ended up on the record. You know, <laughs> that's, what you get. Yeah. that's what you get. You want to fuck with me? It's the artist
3: spontaneity—that's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. So then, that goes into my uh, favorite song on the album. Personally, which is "Piece of Me," which uh, you wrote yourself, right? Which, of course, you take center stage on the intro with the, the bass mm-hmm. part. Oh, this one was written
2: it's funny because we were writing making a mess uh-huh and we were up in snake's bedroom at his mom's house and we were writing making a mess and he had to go take a piss he was uh, holding it in for like an hour he's like oh my god i'm gonna piss like forever and he goes down there and i just started just started messing around
3: it's almost a, like a peter gunn feel with the baseline yeah, yeah. exactly well
2: that's i was, I always feel yeah like a secret agent when I start that you yeah. know what I mean so there you yeah, go that's perfect what it reminds me of. so I started playing it started playing it and I put my dictaphone on I played in the dictaphone I go what do you think of this he's like sounds like the monsters boom <laughs> <laughs> <It laughs> <does>. boom <laughs> and so I was like oh, I'm well <laughs> so um you know we finished writing that night and I went back to my house, my parents' house in Tom's River and I went to my room and I had a four track. Mm-hmm. So I laid the drums down And I put bass down And guitar And then I sang The vocals on it And I brought it To Snake And he's like <laughs> And he'll admit this I'm not playing a song That sounds like The theme of the monsters." <laughs> and I was like
3: Put his foot down
2: I was like Alright And then Rob and Scotty Were like I dig it Let's just try it And then <laughs> We got into it Snake's like Sorry dude
3: I really like this song <laughs> so,
6: nice.
3: yeah. It just had to be Filled out with everything Yeah I Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a a trip awesome yeah I love that song that's my favorite single off the album for sure because yeah especially because it just it ramps up so heavy at the end of the song yeah Mm -hmm. I just I love the ending of it and
5: it's such a song that's just packed full of attitude you know it's just ass Mm -hmm. kicking oh yeah it's got that
3: element of punk to it it piece Mm -hmm. of me yeah and the solos on it like have like this kind of snarling sound to them Scotty Hill man Yeah, he could put so much attitude into his guitar yep, solo. absolutely. And the
0: solos, honestly, it was not, it was not that big of a deal. They were, they were prepared. Yeah. yeah. You know, they would come in and, and well, maybe we would change like tiny little parts here mm-hmm. and there, or maybe we were, okay, we're missing the ending of that. You know, but they came in. It's not like they came in and completely clueless or something. What am I gonna play? Yeah. You know, especially in those days, the. The musicians would go and sit in their hotel room and practice mm-hmm. for that particular song for mm-hmm. that solo
6: mm-hmm.
0: right you know and and uh, uh, they were prepared it, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun to do. yeah
2: they would always work their stuff out yeah, you know and and you were the one that told us that the more you work on it here, the less you spend in there right. <laughs> and That's so we're like, huh? right. cool. and
0: as soon as you're in there, it starts costing, yeah, you
2: yeah. know
0: Cause we're paying by the day, yeah.
3: I love Rob's playing on that one too. Yeah, he plays his ass off in that song. Yeah, he certainly does.
0: So well, we maybe maybe a word about the drums. You know, might be worth mentioning. Yeah, you know, there was this. Like I said, there was this convention center. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were looking for uh, a big room to record in for, because of the big sounding drums, the reverby sounding drums. And I actually already had, like, an airplane hanger in mind. Mm -hmm. problem with airplane hangers is they come with airplanes (laughs) every 15 seconds. So in short, the songs were just longer than 15 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, um, but then Roy said this, and and so we had the drums set up in a room that had 120 cars in it before, the night before. before. They had 120 cars. (laughs) That room, you walk, walk, and then it goes like this, have a cup of tea, and they were poop. Then it came back. It was massive. Wow. We had to put up walls in between, like they had those sliding doors, because it was just too big. Right. And then, uh, uh, you know, we set everything up with put the up microphone. those tables
2: on the end, too, those folding tables. Folding
0: tables we set up so we had yes, some sir. reflections coming from there.
2: Yeah. So Rob was here, and we set up a bunch of tables like this, a bunch of tables like that, yeah. just to cut out the 90s. So. And, and
0: uh, uh, what was his name, Lumpy? Was Lumpy up there? No, the uh, there was Yeah. Head. head. yeah. Morse head had to sleep right next to the drums.
2: Because there's no lock.
0: Because it wasn't locked with all those mics, and it was basically an open room. Oh, wow. Right at the hotel. Yeah. You know? So there was that mattress yeah. on the floor, <laughs> and we had a camera going both ways. Yeah. And and back then, the, uh, the SSL consoles had something that's called a listen mic, uh-huh. uh, which is basically a microphone in there. And uh, that has a very fast compressor on it. Mm-hmm. So if he talks, you can hear him loud, but as soon as he hits the snare, that thing clamps down. Right. And we had, I heard that, and he was playing, and I listened to the listen mic, and I go, that sounds fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? And most of the reverb that you hear on, the, on those drums yeah. is from that listen mic. Oh, yeah. People think, oh, that's a reverb. It's a 480. 480 wasn't out at that time. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, mostly from that room. Wow, and that's that's how they came together. Super compressed, oh yeah, and, you know, but just that reverb, yeah, you know. So and that's and then I made them wire that out. That didn't come out of the console that channel, so mm-hmm. I made them wire that out of the console. Yeah. and now SSL builds it like that. Right, yeah. wow. they build a they build a listen mic output.
3: Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> and I'm still using it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's awesome. awesome. Well, it go with what
0: works, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I, well, and then that's the thing about the sound overall. Of this album is. Everything and everybody sounds so big on it, which mm. but it's you mixed it where everything still has a good level to it, which you don't always get, especially from albums from that era. You would have some that would be overproduced with the vocals way out ahead of everything else and mm. it's like, Well I can't hear the bass or I can't hear oh, the right. guitar. Something always right. getting buried. It was you had a seriously I mean I mean it, they're great players, but I mean you had a big job on your hands with everyone sounding so massive on it, right? I mean to rain it all in to goal. make it sound right. That
0: was the goal. Going in, we want to make that sound really, really big. Yeah. You know, I'm starting with the drums and, and everything else. And and I think we kinda of succeeded yeah. with that one. Yeah.
3: Most well you and Rob locked in real well on rhythm section. I mean Yeah. So like I mean you but you can hear really good separation between everybody. But see, on the it
0: was album. also it was nowadays. It's like people come in and start playing. We worked on the bass tone for at least two days. Yeah, you know, and and we worked on the guitar tour. Oh my god, did we work on the four, guitar? Days, yeah. four days?
2: Yeah, just yeah. For, for that, yeah, just, for, just Snake. for Snake. Yeah, just for Snake. Yeah, and
0: we had like eight or ten amps sitting there. You know, and and uh, uh, I can't remember. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like Van Halen. Well, why don't you play Van Halen? And then it started sounding like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> see? You know? So, but if we worked our asses off on, on those tones. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no no other thing we could have done to mm-hmm. get that sound. Yeah. We did everything.
3: And for yeah. gearheads, that are we have a lot of musicians that listen to the show. So, like, what was your main setup that you used during the record?
2: Well, it's funny because, I, I mean, I didn't have any money. So I just had my shitty old, uh, I think... What cabinet did I have was an 810. Yeah. A homemade 8, 810 or something yeah. like that, with, or maybe 410s with a 15 on the bottom, which I never used 15. And then his SWR head, which mm-hmm. is the only time I used it, was on that record. Yeah. And because I, I remember I had a big PV head, a big giant PV head, and, and uh, it sounded great playing live, but it just wasn't cutting it. Yeah. And,
0: and then your P bass.
2: And my, my magical P bass, man. On most of it
0: yeah you almost. still play that one
2: it doesn't leave the house yeah. it goes to the studio it doesn't go on the road yeah. No. I'll, I'll take it out and that i actually have here. a twin to it yeah it was yeah. here i have a twin to it as well but it just i, I just got it uh-huh. completely by chance and it
3: yeah it's just magic that man. thing logged a lot of miles
2: it's man.
0: unbelievable and you know with the bass sometimes when you listen to the bass uh the e string is hardly there and then you hit the a string it uh, yep. rips your head off. Mm. This one's completely even. Yeah. No matter where he plays on the bass, it's the same level of the of the tone. That's hard to find. I,
2: I remember you said that bass sounds good, and it's not even plugged in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: But still, you know, it took us a while. And you know, don't forget. I mean. You guys just started, mm-hmm. you know. I probably had more equipment than you had.
2: Oh, you totally did. Sure, you, you did. totally did. And
0: and you know, you just deal with what you have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And and uh, um, the next record, it's like, look, we worked on our sound over the years, and then and then we found this and this and this and this. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. And there was some investment in, in equipment, and you know, and there was like a sound that we followed. Right. But that one was all brand new. Mm-hmm. And,
3: Kind of starting from scratch, really, production wise. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. 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 Pretty
3: much. It.
2: Uh, yeah, but that that the tones just were as individuals was our defining moment because yeah. okay, that's your first record. People are going to remember you for, for this tone. Like when you listen to Slash, you know that's his tone, oh, or, or you know whoever. And yeah, I, uh, I was just so stoked, man, when we had the mixes or just even the playback. on <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean there was guitars, quite yet, guitars where the pickups were mounted with duct tape. Yeah, <laughs> for know? real. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think he used it for years on stage yeah. later on. Yeah, holy you know? shit. I mean that's what that was the equipment. Well, the bass was fantastic, but some, some of the stuff we had there was like, wow. Yeah, you know.
3: Wow, duct tape. <laughs> du- duct, duct tape can help fix anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kept them But in place. you know,
0: I think. That was part of the charm. Yeah. yeah, that that was part of what was so cool about it.
3: Well, he, yeah, like Scotty's tone in particular, on the whole record. I mean, there's you know solos that stand out, but just the fucking attitude and snarl that he would put That's into it. his. It, uh, and, and I'm sure it comes from the fingers. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a gear thing. it, no, it totally no, no, comes no. out of his hands, especially yes. mm-hmm.
0: guitar and bass. You know, and then I Dave can.
3: Can play all the the smooth silky stuff and mm. fly up and down the fretboard, but that we were just we were listening to it on the way over here and just like good God, listen to those two go back and forth together. Yeah, it,
2: it, it's a weird sort of dichotomy even, that yeah. I didn't think was going to work, and it did.
3: Well, even when they're playing chords together, mm-hmm. I mean, they're completely differently defined, and but yeah. it all sounds good together. Yeah, yeah, that and that's a hard thing to get. They their names should come up more with uh, duos that you hear about.
2: Absolutely, them. yeah, I Absolutely. really think so.
3: Uh, so then we go into 18 in Life, and uh, obviously, this song has a huge shelf life and is still a big deal for your set. Talking to me earlier about, you know, where, is this about somebody? I mean, did you write this about somebody? Um, you know, not,
2: it kind of started out as a story about Snake's brother, Rick, but it ended up just being about that one guy, because it, it had, like, a whole different storyline, it was going in a different direction, and then we kind of turned around to, to kind of make it not so personal, such a personal story. Mm-hmm. Um... And it just, we started thinking about guys, and Ricky just became the name of the guy Mm -hmm. that all of us know, this guy that just can't get out of his own way, who's his own worst enemy, and just is going to fuck up at some point. Yeah. And it's crazy how people interpret songs. Um, Like, we were opening for Bon Jovi, and a girl came up to me, she's like, your song saved my life. And uh, 18 in life saved my life, and I was like, What do you mean? And she had, you know, remember days of bangles everywhere? And oh, yeah. she pulled them back, and she had, she oh wow, she had slit her wrist, and she, you know, her parents kicked her out and all this, and she they stuck her in a home. And she said, That's the one got me through it, man. And I'm like, Wow, we just kind of gave you the canvas and the paint. And, and, yeah. and then I'm like, Man, this, I felt the gravity of what was going on, oh, and, and I was just blown away that that song meant... Like, when we wrote it, meant something completely different than, than so many different people. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. just their interpretation. I was like, wow, we got to kind of be responsible with this stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't get too responsible, but man.
3: That's got to yeah. be heavy when somebody comes to you and, and hits you with something like that because it's like, well, you know, I wrote mm-hmm. this in my basement or something, and it's like I never would have expected Mm-mm. someone to use it as a life changer. Nope. You know? nope. But, it, although, but the song it really stands out from the pack of, on the album because it, it's definitely got its own sort of gravity
0: to it yeah. to the day is my favorite guitar solo mm-hmm. it's to the day is my favorite there's really? not a guitar solo out of like probably 600 that I've recorded that I like more than, than
3: that yeah <laughs>
0: I, I still get the chills and I still get a tear in my eye when I, when I, uh, you know, when I yeah. hear it.
3: Yeah. It's and, a really emotive and, and, and song. Solo. been
0: there when it was created and it was pretty much, he just played it. Yeah. He just played it. You know?
3: So it was like a first take solo? Well,
0: it was, well, I don't know if it was a first take, but out of like three takes, maybe mm-hmm. one of the takes was it. It was a complete take. Yeah. He just played it. There's, by the way, there's the <laughs> setup. A oh, bit. A picture duck of guitars. Oh, oh yeah, yeah there's, there's the duct the tape. tape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: so glad you have all those pictures, man. Yeah. It's oh, awesome.
0: we gotta go through them, man. Mm-hmm. I got buckets of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bet. Yeah. The
2: thing with with Scotty, his whole approach to solos, he's he's like, if I could whistle it, I feel it's a good solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he said that to me, like when we first met. I was like, wow, that's pretty genius, actually. So,
3: yeah, he almost wanted the solo to be almost its own song. Exactly. Yeah,
2: and he is king of that, man. Yeah,
3: that's an it's an incredible solo. Well, and just the whole, the song has a real atmosphere to it, and Mm. that and that goes to all five of you. I mean, and I gotta get give Sebastian credit on the vocally pulled off on it. It's Mm especially the way the vocal ends on the song you know it's 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 really a haunting vocal that he laid down for that song absolutely and uh it's you guys were firing on all cylinders on that song for sure um did you were you surprised by how big it got success wise when the video hit yeah
2: yeah um there were powers that be that didn't want that out and so we were kind of caught in the crossfire and like, well, we want this to be our single, and so we put it out. And you know, I was there when we, were, you know, when they were filming the other parts mm-hmm. uh, of the video with the actors, and yeah, I chose the actor that picked Ricky. I was outside online line with the kids around the block, and uh, Wayne Isham came in. And he goes, "I think we got two guys out there. They're actually best friends." Mm-hmm. So we went out and the other the dude that was playing ricky had long blonde hair i go and he was just just tough and Mm -hmm. and i go um well wayne goes to him can you be here at seven he's like probably i'm like i like this guy's attitude already Uh,
3: he doesn't have to act at all (laughs) yeah he's like probably
2: he goes you know you don't get paid all right and i go you need to dye your hair you can't have it blonde he's like I don't care. It's only hair, and I
6: was like, "We gotta get this dude." He's awesome, man. <laughs> so, oh.
2: so, yeah, because we didn't want him to look like he sang for a band. You know what I mean? It's like we wanted him to look a, yeah. just an edgier look, and so.
3: I think I read that that those two guys were in a band together.
2: They were. Yeah. Yep, they were, and the dude that played Ricky actually got shot once. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I heard oh. that, it, that. Yeah, that from what I read was, there was no acting going on. He really no, was he, a handful he, as a person. Yeah, he yeah.
2: was. He was a hardcore dude, evidently, but. uh <laughs> yeah and and uh so yeah we were like that's the first time i ever really got involved with with the video
3: yeah i remember the video caused quite a stir at the time mm-hmm. you know with the whole this kid shot another kid in the video and then you know this is gun violence and of course it would probably be even an even bigger deal now if it had come out now
2: yeah well th- there, there were scenes from the original cut that oh, really? mtv would not air they're like you got to edit this because he had it playing with his friend and he had the gun to his friend's head that's where you see him swatted away oh. because they were goofing around. He was spinning the cylinder and put it up to his friend's head. And he goes, well, yeah," and does like that. And they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> wow. so, "Uh uh." So, which is really funny because then so many rap videos that came out. Everyone's just guns and everywhere, drugs yeah. <laughs> and
3: money. On. So I'm like, hey. "Yeah, but you long hair guys can't have yeah, no. that." Yeah, no, can't do that. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, it certainly was a massive video. I know MTV had a field day playing it oh yeah and i didn't that's that's our our uh best-selling single is it Yep. awesome so then it goes to rattlesnake shake mm-hmm. which uh i remember motley had a song called rattlesnake shake around the same time a couple of years before the, but is this one of those that predates everything like pretty early what, on
2: there's was it, wasn't there's on like dr feelgood yeah
3: dr feelgood okay so this is uh yeah i guess that was around the
2: same time wasn't it yeah uh, yeah, had nothing to do with it. Uh, actually, I had a song. Uh, Scotty and I. There was a song that uh, our singer for the band we were in together before Skid Row had a song called Rattlesnake Shake. Which, if you go down the line, there are so many rattlesnake oh, yeah. shakes. That's you know, like a title. Yeah, yeah. blue songs and so we're like, oh, it's a cool title, and we wrote it about Philadelphia. The whole thing's about Philadelphia. Oh and really? Certain women we know there and whatever that used to to the studio and we were doing the early 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 demos before we made it. The were the hanging point? out in Wisconsin, like, <laughs> 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 I honestly say no.
3: <laughs> Maybe the day Def Leppard was there. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: So, uh, yeah, they... Uh, yeah, that, that's what that song's all about. And it's just, uh, you know, it, it's a cool song. I love the groove of it. I love yeah. the riff.
3: Has that one ever been broken out live since the album came out? We, uh, we used to do it. Did yeah, you?
2: at one point, I, th- I think we did, did all of-, of these because that's all the songs we had. Yeah, like when we went to Japan, like we used to do. You really got me. Uh-huh. Um, a couple other songs that were easy to remember. You know.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
3: so then, uh, the first song I ever heard from you guys was "Youth Gone Wild," and uh, I remember the first time I saw that video. And I remember it's like it was seemed like you know Guns N' Roses was kind of the first sign that things were changing when Welcome to the Jungle came out you know because the glam thing was a big big deal mm-hmm. and then Guns came in and then when I saw the video for this that was like telling me like this is a different thing that's going on because mm-hmm. it's like tougher rock is coming mm-hmm. out and the gang vocals on this song Jesus Christ I mean there's some German in there too uh-huh. some German <laughs> yep oh really
0: well, that German at, at in particular German accent yeah
3: <laughs> also you're in there I can
0: yeah. record yeah. this yeah <laughs> What was his name Ken? Kent? Dave Kent? Dave Kent. Dave Kent. Who's mm-hmm. Dave Kent? No, he was the assistant engineer. Oh, okay.
3: So, did he have a lot of input on the. Product?
0: No, he didn't have any oh. input, but he had to run the tape machine if I was with them in
3: the room. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was
2: one of the ones we track after track after track
3: Our, after track. Yeah. track. yeah, that so was yeah. Put some real time into that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Love your line on that song. Thanks, man. Yeah, it really Thanks. stands out from, the, and that's one where you're not just locking in in the pocket; like, mm-hmm. you're actually going up and down the fretboard on right. that one.
2: And, it was fun to play that. it's like I got to just like kind of, you know, show off for a split second here and there, you know. But f- um, almost kind
3: of funky in spots. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, just locking in with the kick, pretty much. Yeah. On the up. Doom, 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 doom. But that's still to this day, it's such a fun song to play live.
3: Yeah, and it probably still goes over really well Mm -hmm. when you do rake into it. Yep. And
5: I just, I always related to this song because I was at that age where I was probably junior high, almost in high school. And, you know, when you're at that age and you're a young man, you know, you feel rebellious and you feel that, you know, like a song like that just spoke to me and my friends. Because we were the kids that were all smoking cigarettes, Uh smoking pot and drinking beer, you know, and and not, we weren't a part of that, you know. So a song like that almost became like a theme song for kids like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it was awesome.
2: And, And it's funny, it's just, we were just... Writing what we felt, you know, because we were kids ourselves, and and uh, and when we saw how it like touched a nerve and like I said, just related with people mm-hmm. that we didn't even know, yeah. it was like holy shit, we created a we monster. We had that song
0: early on. Yeah. I mean, in pre-production, I remember when Sebastian went and had that tattoo done. Yeah, yeah, he was gone wild, and he comes in, we all go. Dude, we changed the title of that song. <laughs> he did. completely freaked out. No, we can't do that.
3: That's funny. Oh, well, I could picture him freaking out over that. <laughs>
0: That's great. And the other thing with that song was, remember, we're gonna do a different beginning of it. That That's this, right. They that, had this little. Well, lounge kind of thing yeah. up there the studio. Mm-hmm. And what we were going to do is everybody's in the lounge snoring, sleeping.
6: Uh-huh.
0: And then I would, I would come up and bang on the door, and then it goes, wake up, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you
2: heard yeah. bottles, like, clinking around. Bottles I'm, I'm clinking. clinking. Yeah, and the, the Looney Tunes in the back. And the Looney
0: Tunes, the TV was on, so Looney Tunes was running in the back.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And so we had that whole intro done, and wow. then Doc, Doc goes, I, I better go and check with uh, Warner Brothers about that Looney Tunes. They wanted three points on the album. Yeah. Oh, oh, you wow. serious? Which would have been millions oh, yeah. of dogs. Oh, yeah. a lot of you them. You know, just for those just five for seconds. Oh. Yeah. You know? So we exchanged, I go, roll him.
6: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I'm <laughs> yeah, so glad. You, that's yeah, that's great. Great. Yeah, I figured that was through, through the talk right? Yeah. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> and it's so trailer. much cooler. Yeah, <laughs> and right now I would I would hear that now and be like, "Oh, why do we do that?" Yeah, <laughs> we're <pretty> stupid kids.
0: <laughs> well, that's the um, shit you come up with when uh, you're like in the middle of nowhere you yeah. nothing to do, you know. It's
3: kind of like I I was so bored I overthought this yeah. you know? mm. and said, "Da da
0: and those Da-da. are those are actually enough. cannon shots. Those are real cannon shots. Really? When they go like this, uh-huh. I think that in the video they bang on doors or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Those are real cannon shots. Well, that how did you used, get that? Quick, well, you know, you gotta know somebody.
2: Gotta know somebody with a cannon. <laughs> yeah, that's a
0: trail. That's
5: great. Yeah. yeah. And we've been talking about like the musicianship on this album and the songwriting and stuff, and you know. I think it goes without saying that the vocals are freaking amazing on this because at that time, nobody really sang like Sebastian Bach. And I know you say when he first came in, he was real young, you know, and had to develop. And I know that probably had a lot to do with the workings of this album. Mm-hmm. What does it take to get Sebastian Bach as a young, inexperienced singer to be what's on this album?
0: Well, Sebastian, number one, he was a great singer. He was a great entertainer. He had always an amazing attitude. Uh, just opposite of the opinion of some people mm. that <laughs> that we'd probably get to, but um, he always had a great attitude. He was not a very experienced singer, so there was here and there, there were some problems with pitch, and 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 stuff like that, timing. So we had to do a lot of takes in order to get what we needed to get. But, you know, he's, he, he was a great performer, mm, right. and, and every single take that he sang, you could have picked for the record as from an attitude standpoint, right. you know, but you just had to pick the best ones, and, and there was a lot of work, I have to say, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, but, I mean, there it is, right. you know, yeah, that's, that's, phonics, all, that that's yeah. all that counts, that's all that counts.
3: Totally. And it sounds like he was a trooper at the time as far as willingness work, to do he whatever really he had would really hard. Do. I
0: have to give him that, too. Yeah. You know, um, whatever beer, whatever was done uh-huh. was never done during the day when when we were working. Right. Never. It was always, you know, that that went for everybody. Mm. And it was always, okay, am I done for the day? Yes, then I have a beer. Right. Mm. You know, so That's cool. it was very, very disciplined. Yeah well that, that's what made it so much fun you know and and to me honestly it didn't feel like work or it didn't feel like recording we just went somewhere we had a bunch of fun and yeah. came out with an album on the other side yeah exactly you know? built
2: a bunch of model cars yeah blew up a bunch of model cars <laughs> yeah. oh, well, what's that story we when we weren't tracking uh i went and i bought you know just a
5: was yeah. See, there's two things in yeah. lake geneva wisconsin a studio and a hobby lobby yeah so, and it, there wasn't even a hobby lobby there it was like a five
2: and dime you know what uh-huh. i mean and so I went down i think it was a mccrory or something like that and i went down and i was like cool i bought this bought some spray paint went out back and sprayed it and i built this 57 chevy and i'm like eight hours in, in the uh, apartment, eight hours, done. I bring it down, show it to Michael. I go, all right, let's blow it up. Then we, you know, had a bunch of fire cracking.
3: What is this? We're looking that, at a picture that's of one
0: beer of cans. the studio windows. Holy shit.
2: Is that with the beer can? All well, the cans, yeah. It's <laughs>
0: a beer can. Oh, that's yeah. before it was full. Yeah. You filled of, it up. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. And then,
3: uh, it's good that you kept all these pictures.
0: Yeah, I that's have crazy. them all. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the end of it. Oops. That was wow. the end of it.
3: Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then
0: we left. And then we
2: left it, yeah. Left it all there. Wow. <laughs> I remember Damn. you once, you were stomping on it. Like, yeah. I should record this. <laughs> and <then laughs> I just keep stomping something. on it. I was yeah. like, I, all I kept thinking is like, is he going to record this? And then they were all flat. He's like, yeah, let's go.
5: <laughs> How long was it before you guys started recording and preparing to record this that Sebastian Bach was in the band? Was it a long time or just... Not real wrong. Very long.
2: brief. Um, let's see. I, I say he came into the fold around late, or no, maybe somewhere in 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had you guys uh, been then, playing out a lot with him before? Uh, time we or we or? had quite a few shows, yeah. And then, um, then yeah, then we started a started record in 88,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the band. I I'm I don't know the band any other way than mm-hmm. with that right. mm-hmm. that thing and when I came in we were we were like arranging I think at your at your parents' house mm-hmm. upstairs. Yeah. And and Sebastian was living there, right? He yeah. had a room there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I and, and was he 18 or 19? He was 19 when 19, he came to Jersey, yeah. yeah. So he was always for me he was always in the band yeah. from there.
3: Yeah. Right. I got gotcha. you
5: That's a trip to me To hear you say over and over again <laughs> That he was Michael Wagner Was over at your house <laughs> Getting ready to make An album with I you know. guys and that's a That's gotta be a trip <laughs> Yeah It was
0: See I never feel that way No
5: I suppose You know, know. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: like, I mean now We're, we're best friends right. and, and, yeah, Yeah And I never feel that way I'm I'm a guy And, and you know
3: Yeah but when I, we grow up Listening to what you've done Yeah and
0: I'm getting yeah. that from, from a lot of people And, and, and there, there's this like Almost like distance Oh, no. Going, oh, yeah, I don't want this. I'm I'm just me. No, you're incredibly
3: down. Both of y'all are incredibly down.
2: It it took about 30 seconds from the time where I was starstruck sitting at the table with Michael to go, wow, he's just a dude like us. And it was just like, boom. I was like, wow, I could say, I could fart. I was just going right to say, right he now. farts. and, <laughs> and, and yeah, He farts, he burps, he laughs at the same silly shit we laugh at. It's yeah. awesome. And it right. took about 30 seconds to realize that. Yeah.
3: And then we've been friends ever since. That's
5: awesome. Right. So, Very cool.
3: Well, yeah, well, of course, we, we, and we, we've grown to feel that way about you, too. But, like, at the same time, we'll come over here, and right now we're having a great conversation, and then we'll release this and then we'll have hundreds of people send us messages going, oh my god, he did this, this, this. I'm like, oh yeah!" <laughs> he <laughs> So then I got intimidated all over again. But um, yeah, so let's, well, let's go back into Here I Am, which that's my second favorite song on yeah, the record. awesome. I love the riff on it, and I especially love how you had um, Rob kind of do that part that goes along with the riff. That's a great song. And that's kind of that, like a... Was that a backwards fill in there? Was it? I, I think it was, right? Yeah.
0: Doesn't it start on the on the deep tom and goes to the, yeah. To the high? Yeah.
3: But it's a, this song's like kind of like a buried gem on the record because, you know, the singles get all the attention, but this is mm-hmm. one where, like, if you wanted to turn somebody on to some stuff they didn't know about you guys, this would be one of mm-hmm. my choices because I think it's a great song. Thanks.
2: Right? I, I wish I shared the same opinion. It was never you, one of my oh,
3: favorite really? songs. You're yeah. not a fan of this one?
2: It, it's just... It, it feels like it's so far, for me anyway, I guess I, I was just never crazy about it. Like, when we wrote it, I was like, yeah, cool. Uh-huh. But, it's just, like, just playing it, we used to play it a lot, and yeah. I'm just like, mm, I just." I, I wish we put Forever in place of that,
5: because
2: that's such a great song. Yeah, but Forever is
5: a great yeah. song. That ended up on the, what, the 40 season? 40 season. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I think we've played that on the show, I know. Yeah. yeah. It's a great song. And
0: there was that's one Scotty's more, baby. right? Wasn't there another song that we did, fire, 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 in fire in the Hole? That was for Slave. Was it for Slave? Mm. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, so then track nine is making a mess, and this is the only song on here that Sebastian's got a credit on. What did he bring to this song? <laughs> Whoa,
2: Kalamazoo.
3: <yeah>. Kalamazoo.
6: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Well, that's it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kalamazoo. <laughs> okay. Well, it was a fun song to write. Um, Snake that's his rip. I mean that that song was his baby, and then I just kind of went nuts with lyrics. Ended up being just how like uh, all the blues guys got screwed by record companies, um. and I was like, "How do we see that from like a really close friend's point of view?" Mm-hmm. And Seika's is looking at me like, "Way too fucking complicated, man." <laughs> but, but and then we did it, and there's this fictitious guy, T Bone Billy, you know, uh-huh. and just this dude smoking, drinking you know slapping and signing shitty record deals motherfucker and that is one of my favorite songs in the set yeah because that for me bass wise is one of those songs like okay i could just keep going on this whole thing just keep going and i channel gene simmons you know the the walking do 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 all that stuff and um yeah i just love that song it was a great song and the breakdown in the middle.
3: I thought you would have been more part of the music on this one because I always got a bit of a more of a punk rock vibe from this song. Uh,
2: you know, snake snakes snakes
3: to riffmeister man. Although yeah. I'm sure he he was a fan of that stuff too though. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and I, I've lis- watched and listened to a number of y'all's interviews, and your influences are are very clear. Like with, <laughs> you know, with Ramones, Sex Pistols, Kiss, um, you can hear it come through on pretty much every song on here. I mean, you can hear. Not that you borrowed, but right. you can hear the influence on sure. that stuff for sure. But that song too—that's a. I mean, I could see that's one you probably just want to keep jamming oh, for I love a long it. time. You I know? love it, and it's still a regular part of the set. Yep, right? yeah. yep. It's a great song. So then, should we talk about the ending? Yeah,
0: let's do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a long story, but oh. it has never ever been told. <clears throat> it has never ever been told. Awesome,
2: mm-hmm. exclusive. Uh,
0: yeah. Yep, that's exclusive. So when we were done with the album. um... I'm just all, hey, we're done. I pulled the whole patch bay out, you know, we're done. Now we're gonna go mixing. And then I walk out, and in this little tiny lounge that we were talking about, there's the record company, there's John Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. there is, uh, I think, Scott or Doc. I think it's Scott. Mm-hmm. It was Scott. And mm-hmm. um, so they're all sitting there, and there is, I walk in, and there's this dark cloud in the room. Yeah. Now imagine, I'm coming out of the control room, and I'm like, Fuck yeah, we just did the fucking best record ever. Yeah. You know? And I walk in there and, and, and I'm looking, and everybody's like, and then I look at Johnny, and Johnny goes, Well, we're going to do all the vocals over. I go, What? No, we're not. I, I pulled everything. We're done. And Sebastian was already back in Canada. John
3: Bon Jovi said he wants you to redo the vocals.
0: Yeah. And I go, So what what's wrong with it? It needs some more attitude. Now, this record needs some more attitude. I'm so fucking sorry. He, no. Know he was wrong. You know? and
5: <laughs> How much more attitude can and pack in So I go, so,
0: so what? And, and I look down the hallway, and there's Rachel and Snakes, and they're going, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're done. We're done.
2: We're done. We are done. Yeah. And then they want to send me to Toronto.
0: Yeah, and then Sebastian, the, we're flying him back in. Well, he couldn't get to customs because he was in his bicycle shorts with uh, the usual uh, stuff hanging out (laughs) and and so they didn't let him in the the United States and they go, okay, where's the tapes? Rachel's flying up there and and redoing the vocals And, and to me this is just like that's like, you know the twin towers falling down.
2: Yeah, right yeah. now, I was just like, After "What, what work, the fuck? fuck best about.
0: record I've ever made." And 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 okay. So I go. So what exactly is it that you want to hear? Well, you know, that's that song making a mess, and it says in the end, it says, "If you make a mess of me, it's the best mess you ever made." Mm-hmm. That should be the last mess you ever made. And I went, Johnny, go in there, sing last. So we go in. He goes in, sings last, and I used L A from last, uh-huh. you know. So and then Doc comes, and you know, he what happened to that song? It, it was the best bestness, now it's the last mess. Best is so much better. All yeah. right. And I go, Snake, go in, sing Best. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so that it tale? got changed twice. Yeah. It's back to Best, and Sebastian has no clue that ever happened. So that's Snake singing oh, no. the
2: word Best. No, just, just best. B-E. Oh, just, just be. Just
0: is, is Sebastian again.
2: Yeah, it's a
1: Best. Yeah. Make a message.
0: What a crazy little detail to go apeshit about the whole vocal. And then vocal. Johnny goes in and he sings harmonies on every single song. Really? Every single song. And he walks out of the studio door, and I raised them while he was walking out. I was just sitting there recording. I didn't care what he was singing. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> nice. One, one line. Yeah. We kept. Well, I, I remember you. remember. After the solo, there's one harmony line to the ah, Remember? Uh huh. That's, and that's all I kept from harmonies. I swear on every song. Wow. And I hope he's not going to kill me when he hears. I
3: don't know that John Don Jovi listens to our <laughs> podcast. I'd be honest.
0: That's a weird.
3: Yeah. Good timing on that. Wow. That's that's a bizarre story. So but all, that's what yeah. we
0: had to deal with. You know? Wow. Yeah. Could, everybody's could, in agreement, and, and I look down the hall, and nobody, they're like, no, "Hell it, no!" It
6: was just
2: a classic example of overthinking, and it tone. wasn't just John; it w- it was like the whole, like the brass. They were just like everybody. Uh, I, I'm just like, wait, I gotta get on a, what, a, I gotta get on a plane to Toronto and, and do re- the vocals, redo all the vocals. Yeah, hell no, man! Like,
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, and and oh, uh, wow. Um, when it hit 10 million, yeah. <laughs> well, why I go Plum. Good thing you get those vocals over there. Uh, <laughs> <go>, Shut up.
3: <laughs> that's hilarious. What a gosh! What an anal thing to go. Yeah,
0: but uh, you know that was basically that was the case on every single record I've ever done for a major <coughs> label.
3: Yeah, I gotta figure there's always people you know, trying to stick
0: their to finger get into the wall in yeah. a certain way to, to you know to put their stamp on yeah. and... and See, I did that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's crazy. That's why we had them, you know, they always made the wrong decision in terms of what should be the first single. Yeah. So when you work with a band, you come, after two months, you come to this thing, this should be the single. Yeah. This right. is this is it. Yeah. You know, your, your little gem. And then... Somebody comes and well, and says, nope. what, we, what we did then, we had the record company guys come hmm. down and sing backing vocals. On the song that we wanted to be the song. That's smart, ah, genius. Yeah. And, and then, the lock, then they sing back back the and all of a sudden they're involved And the same thing, I erased them right away when they walked out of the door. But then when they hear it, I can hear myself. I go, I can be you clear as day. You sound great, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that song would would be the single. Wow. That's What <laughs> ge-
3: that is. Well, on this one, were there any things that any songs that the record company was like, this needs to be a single? And you guys were like, I don't know, I
0: don't remember that.
3: No, no. Um,
0: what was the first single? Was it Youth? Youth, youth gone wild. Yeah. Was yeah. The it was Youth, first and then
2: eighteen, and then when we first time we went to Europe, we released Peace, and then came back and released I
0: didn't Remember You. Yeah, uh, four singles deep. Yeah. Try that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh,
3: <yeah>, <laughs> so then, I Remember You comes out, and that's the fourth single um, written with you and Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the origin of this song? How when when does this go back to?
2: This goes back. I mean, we demoed it with a drum machine on my little cassette 4-track, my little Yamaha 4-track. I think it was while we were between singers, Mm -hmm. and we got lyrics and everything done, and then once Sebastian joined the band, we demoed it there, and that ended up being the song we sent that, that John and Rich called us and said, Okay, now you guys are ready. This was what? Yeah. But it was a lot them. longer, and there's a couple other different just, you know, parts. N- nothing big, but just, like, extended parts. But, um, And Snake and I were just like, hell no. We don't want this on the record. I was
3: just going to ask, because you guys are more into the harder stuff. Yeah. This is kind of an- the antithesis of what you were probably listening to. Yeah. We're like, you know what? This song will find a home
2: somewhere. We'll, we'll-, we'll give it to someone else. And we're like, we don't want it on the record. And I mean after even after we was done recording, we're like And then he's like, Are you guys crazy? And That's Doc is song. like, Are you crazy? And Flam is like, This is going on the record. We're like, We don't want it, we don't want it finally. We just After Michael said something, we're like, Well, we respect him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Since you say so, we yeah, put it on I the record. <laughs> It, you had to have known it was a great song. I mean,
0: it was. Well, you know, yeah. that was that was the thing at the time. You know, to to. Uh, uh, and that's the reason why we didn't
2: want to do it. You know, right, we're right. Doing that the power was at the thing. time
0: you would have a ballad, a rock ballad. You know, cool. and, and, and that was fire. the rock ballad. Mm, yeah. You know? And and so, yeah, let's have one of those. And the worst case, the housewives like it. A housewife in a in a positive way. They buy records. They like it. They buy the records. They like it, and you know. More Than Words Same thing Yeah mm-hmm. You know Next song He-Man Woman Hater You know right. <laughs> I Although you
3: guys Oops. Had to have been nervous About that Because there were A number of bands That they were great bands But once the Power Ballad Came out They got typecast As that band Yeah So that yeah. probably Was scary well, When it came out
2: I think uh, The fact that it came out Last Yeah you'd already Established ins- Instead itself. of right after yeah. Youth yeah. I think if yeah. it would have Come out right after Youth yeah. That would have been it
3: Yeah Yeah Especially having Peace oh, right. yeah. of Me be a single. Because I think yeah of the singles released, Peace of Me is the closest to what you guys really were. Right. Because you know, yeah. it had all the attitude with And it. it was basically
2: a bridge track just to keep attention yeah. while we were in Europe. Just
3: to release something more. Because
2: we were in Europe with Motley Crue. And we're like, well, we don't want to go with I Remember You right after that. And then we all agreed on Peace of Me. Yeah. Just because it was upbeat. Yeah. And like, let's just. We already got them with youth. And. Let's see if
3: we could sustain yeah. here, you know. So it worked out. It worked out. But of course, when this comes out, it's just humongous, I mean, it it explodes the minute it comes out.
2: It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, man.
3: And the video. I mean, I I still have the video in, ingrained in my mind because MTV must. It must have been on every hour at least, maybe more than once an hour. You. For yeah, when it was when yeah. it was in its stride. Mm oh my god, it was one of the most overplayed videos It was ridiculous.
2: Ever. It's like, you just couldn't get away from it. You could not it. get away you from it. couldn't
3: get away from it. And uh-huh. I love the album, but even I got sick of that song after a while. It's like, <laughs> yeah. good god, it's on the radio, it's on MTV, it's everywhere. Yep. It was so big. And, uh, it was I think it was a single at the t- during the Christmas of 89 when I got the album. That that was the big single you had out at the time. That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz that yeah, I remember that. I got my first electric guitar and I got this album for the same Christmas. Right. And
0: so. But if you look at the history, you know, start with Dockin, go through Marley Krugel, all those bands right those songs were always the money makers. Yeah. You could be introduced with another song, okay, we are a rock band, Yeah, but those songs were always the money makers. I, I think I've made 75% of my money with
3: ballads. ballads. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> You of that. know. Yep. Yeah, from the era, yeah, because yeah. it, was, it was standard issue. Which I know there were some bands that fell into the trap of putting the ballad out first. Yeah,
5: see and, and that
0: is wrong. And some would have right.
3: success, but it would sink them completely.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, It's like uh I mean, you know the drummer very well, um, from Saigon Kick. Mm. You know, and oh, then it that, that song. And it's like, yeah, this song he did gone.
0: that album too. Yeah, That's yeah. No, the on one. No? Love is on the yeah. Yeah, That was the second one, I think. Oh okay. right? That was the lizard, lizard. Oh, okay. I did the one. You before. did the first one, right. yeah. Oh, okay. But I remember that the singer at that in that band yeah, Matt. was in the middle of a song singing I love you and he kind of get this thing and he walked out of the studio in Denmark and flew home <laughs> in the middle of the vocal oh, you gotta give him that oh my you god that's, that's, that's awesome, awesome. <laughs> and it became a big hit oh yeah you know right but
5: right. then to the guys that like the heavy stuff mm-hmm. it was like I'm not listening to that and then like years later somebody says man no you really gotta listen to the whole album I've you, told you're judging that. this band yeah. by one song all right, let's hear it. Yeah. Holy shit, this is a great album, you know, that I've missed out on all these years. Yeah. And we were talking about it a little bit earlier too on the way here. It always kinda gives me a chuckle to think of the housewives and you know, not even so much that, but the teenage girls that were in the same age group that I mm-hmm. was when this came out that would get into eighteen in life and I remember you and then to think of them going to buy the album. You know, and, and guns, you big guns. Yeah. You
2: know. big guns
5: and, and, a,
2: and a song about chicks that like chicks right after it.
3: You know, <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. this isn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> or the ones that heard "I Remember You" and then picked up "Slave to the Grind." I'm like, "Oh, right. yeah. this is not what I thought it was going right. to be." Yeah. But
0: again, we had a couple of bells on that one too. Yeah, yeah,
3: sure. yeah, but those were very dark subject matter. Yeah. Though there was no lovey-dovey yeah. stuff and on Slave to the Grind. No lovey-dovey for sure. So we, uh, so that song is massive it's a hallmark of your career and i mean it's even though it may not be your favorite song i mean it's certainly I, it certainly paid the bills
2: every i love playing it yeah. and every night we play it and i just see the reaction some 25 or so years later i'm just like holy fuck i'm so glad we put that on the record yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know because people we were just so into it and you just it it means so much to so many people and like uh it's been a prom song like nine billion oh, yeah, times. It's right. been a, 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 a tribute song to some friend that has passed. and mm-hmm. But, man, you watch... We'll, we'll play a lot of biker fest, right? Yeah. And there'll be two of these bikers that look like they'll come up and just rip your face off. <laughs> they love it. With their <laughs> breath, right? And they are just got their arms around each other yeah. singing ah, back and forth. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Man, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's really, really cool. That's cool. Yeah.
3: Well, it was a Good decision to put it on there. Yeah, man. So then Midnight slash tornado rounds out the record Snake wrote that yeah and uh, Matt Fallon has a credit on this so was he a lyrical
2: contribution I believe so that song was written before I met Snake
3: oh so this is maybe the oldest song in the whole set that I would say yeah yep to their club days I
2: guess um I don't, I don't no they didn't have I don't think they played much because that's why they were looking for a bass oh, okay. player but um and then Tornado was written after the fact right <laughs> it, we just kind of that was a situation a thing yeah, yeah. the studio it
0: was yeah. it was scary curious as hell, the Midwest, yeah. in, uh, in the middle of nowhere, and there's the, this weather going down. Yeah, and you could clearly see it, you know. Yeah, and, and you actually saw the tornado. I had never mile. It was
2: because you look out the. We were on the second floor, and you look out the back window of the apartment, and it's just cornfields as far as the eye could right. see. And wow. I'm just like, the TV is. They're making an announcement on TV. I was like, wow. I wonder where that is. And all of a sudden, the TV goes off because <laughs> we lost power. Remember? <laughs> and i'm just watching this thing way in the distance the sky's purple and black and i just see this funnel coming down i'm like oh you don't see this in new jersey <laughs> no. and I'm, I'm like whoa and then it started and i'm like wow wow and i see stuff starting to get sucked up into it and then all of a sudden just went right back up wow and i could see it as clear as day and i had huh. never seen anything uh, like that yeah. before in my life and I hold ass down to the studio. I was yeah. like, We've "Got another D- song." D- do- <laughs> Remember that instrumental shit we were playing around with? Yeah, let's let's do, do that. This, yeah, and call it tornado.
3: That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be one of the idiots that would chase those. But, you know, <laughs> used to live in Kansas City, go out to the cornfields and chase after them, and videotape it. Man, yeah, stupid Screw stuff. Rudex, yeah. So when you get the, when you get all the songs, so I mean you knew what songs you were going to put on the album, how many it was going to be, and everything. And then how how long from start to finish in Lake Geneva were you there doing the songs?
0: Four, for six, six weeks. Did we mix it there? Yeah. Yeah, yep. we mixed it there. Sorry, so, yeah, it was two, probably two months.
3: Two, yeah, two to two and
2: a half month. months. And the whole band
3: up, was there yeah. the whole time for mixing no. and everything? As
2: everyone finished, they split except for Snake and I. We stayed till the very last day of mix. Yeah. Or we left the night before because we had to fly out of Chicago. So, we left to Chicago and uh, then Michael packed up the... Right. Yeah,
0: you know, I had. The shit that you see here that was all up there.
2: All oh, there, really? In In and, and
0: nine big cases. And, wow. And my own speakers, the big Tannoy speakers, were there. Yeah. And and that's why I bought that. Uh, that's why I bought that uh, Steinberger. Oh,
3: okay. Mm-hmm. That was
0: the first time yeah, it was that? used. Okay. Actually, I remember it was. I think the first song it was used on. Yeah. Because you were standing under the under the vents of the air conditioning. Oh the bass. uh, No, the (laughs) guitars would go out of tune. When the air conditioning came on, Uh the guitars would tighten up and they would go out of tune and we'd go crazy. We didn't know what it was. They they stood here and played and and the guitar goes out of tune. Yeah. You know? And Uh then all of a sudden we go, Oh, cold air. Yeah. And then that one wouldn't go out of tune. Really? So that that was used to keep that, that, that riff going was a solo played on that? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. no, Scotty one would of his own guitars. Played a solo on his guitar. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So when the whole thing with re-record the vocals came down, was that that was still during tracking or was that during mixing? No, control? that
0: was when we were just done. We were just done. Yeah, he, yeah that's why right, he and, was gone. You know, and I pulled everything out and and so okay, we're done recording. Yeah. It's now we're going to set up for mixing. Which is at the time it was still a big deal mm-hmm. and now it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's it not just Anymore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there you had to use all the stuff that you use for recording, plug it in differently, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, and and,
3: uh, and this was recorded on tape, right? This was, that was recorded on digital tape. Oh, it was digital The tape.
0: drums were on analog tape.
3: Uh huh.
0: And then uh, that was the problem later on. So now, a digital tape is is 30 minutes Uh worth of information. An analog tape is 15 minutes of information. So for one digital tape, you had to have two analog tapes. Mm. So when we went to do 40 seasons, we were going to remix some of the stuff. We couldn't find one song complete. Not one song complete. The only song we had was... uh, uh, um, Broke. Forever. forever yeah I
2: have half those tapes in my garage
0: yeah yeah half that's the ticket. half yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> and, really and, and the record companies that they they didn't know where they were and then yeah. because they all had been given as far as I know to the record company yeah. Yeah. to store you know and and we couldn't find, and by now those machines don't exist anymore mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's two left two from Roger Nichols or something like that. Two of those because they figured out they emit something that's not really good for you. Oh really? And, <laughs> and I, and I sat next to that thing for years. Oh yeah. That's why I am how I am.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Michael Wagner got his power.
0: Yeah right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Oh that's, that's a why, why there's effect. flashes coming from my hair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so
3: so how long after mix down and everything does it take between that and the release of the record?
0: Well, they only need two two months till um, for the album cover and all that. Yeah. You know, another another funny story. What's that? With the album cover. That's the one where you all in. Yep. Yeah. Right there. So I'm doing White Lion, Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. right? And White Lion, Mike Tramp's um, girlfriend at the time, or wife, I think. Fleur, sure. Yeah. Yeah. She made stage clothing. You know, for Jews, priest, white snake, for all those people. So they were always like flowery and, and colorful. Right. And so we're doing the record with White Lion, and then uh, they have all those stage schools And then we do Skid Row, mm-hmm. and then Atlantic comes to them and goes, No, 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 you can't wear like jeans and you have look here, White Lion, that's successful, you know. And they go, No fucking way, we're gonna be wearing jeans and flannel shirts, you know, or whatever they were wearing.
2: Fucking leather jackets. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so a record goes apeshit. I do the next White Lion record. The record comes. You gotta look like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what's funny is this uh-huh. is what Snake and I picked for the album cover. Oh, that was what that you was wanted. supposed to be the album cover. Yeah. I got you. And this was just going to be on the back. And the the guy, the art director, who did not like Snake or I, I forget his name. He uh, he's like, nope, that's the back, and that's that. And we're just like. So they reversed it on you. Yeah, yep. they're like, wow. no, that's not going to be the album cover, and I'm just like, that's so much cooler of an album cover. And you know, we had the logo down here, and you know, tried a whole bunch of different shit,
6: mm-hmm. but he's
2: like, nope. And I was wow. like,
3: oh. do you still feel the same in hindsight?
2: You'd still. I, I mean,
6: this?
2: yeah, I, I, I like that much better. Yeah. I like the the toughness of it.
3: Yeah, and you the, can see you guys better because you're kind of in the yeah. dark on the on the right. original.
2: Yeah, and and it, on noise. the
3: original, it's just. It looks like y'all are hanging out in an alley or something.
2: Well, yeah, that, we wanted an alley. Yeah. And Mark Weiss, that's actually a fake alley. Mark Weiss oh, built that alley. Oh, wow. Oh, w- With, like, fake bricks that it, you that come in sheets. Yeah. and But you make it nice and grainy. And it looks like an
3: alley. And it looks
2: like an alley. He hung a light like there was a street light over us. That's cool. That was a parking lot. And we walk in, and, and I'll never forget the art director. I go, this is a parking lot. He's like, it's an alley. And I go, I could name... 12 alleys in new jersey that are actual alleys and he's like you're not getting me to jersey (laughs) and i was just like oh my
6: god this
3: guy's
2: such an
6: asshole sounds
3: like
2: it i forget who it was That's
3: probably in there i'm sure yeah
2: he did the reason we picked him or the photographer that did this Uh is because he did the georgia satellites record and we really loved that word like the album cover is this big and then the picture a little picture in the middle we love the attitude in that picture but that's what we got instead.
6: So.
3: It's not a bad
2: You know what? It, and it's now, it's recognizable yeah. and whatever. And it's actually good for when you want to, somebody has it to sign autographs if it's on an LP. Because well, you I think you we were going to
3: have the, see if you could do that Right one. above your head. Sure, all yeah. you need is a silver Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. and we got one. I right on. <laughs> actually a couple of magazine clippings I want you to sign if you're cool. With cool, it. yeah, man. But um, so the album overall, I mean, it was a great start to your career and you know, you can. Mm-hmm. Between this and the second album, that's a hell of a way to go. And, yeah. um, but I mean, I, I guess you pretty much have mostly fond memories of the making of all of this, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: both records, yeah, and that's
2: like great. just kind of building up to it, you know. I mean, you have your whole life to write your first record, so right. it's like
0: you know, the second just, record. Obviously, after that one hit, now the second record, first one was we didn't give a shit about anything, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Then this one hits, and now we had to do another record.
3: And
2: then the yeah. pressure. That on.
0: pressure you cannot imagine.
2: It was ridiculous. Holy ridiculous,
3: Mark, bro. Yeah, because like you said, you got years to write this. Mm. And yeah. then, okay, you
0: got three months, you've got the months the to the to write the next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And
2: Snake and I were just never the, the band to write stuff on the road. Yeah. <laughs> we had to be in a controlled environment. And, you know, and yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then you start getting the letters before fax machines and shit. <laughs> you get the letters and the calls. Uh, okay, you guys are, you know, Three months from your deadline, you need to write a record, and Snake and I are just go, like, good you know. So yeah, yeah.
3: Well, um, before we let you go, um, obviously you've kept the band going this entire time, and uh, a lot of changes over the years. Um, and it, at as of this moment, you've got zp that's been singing for you hmm. um where do things stand now what's in the future for you guys
2: right now we're uh snake and i are writing because we we have uh that deal for the third ep mm-hmm. so that's kind of our agenda right now you know
6: yeah
2: and having zp in the band is awesome I, i've always been a fan of his yeah from dragon force and we became friends a long time ago because him Rob Hammersmith and myself were supposed to do a side project. Mm-hmm. This is right after he had uh, split with Dragon Force. And he, uh, we, we flew to London and hung out with him and that's when we first met him. And him and I became friends and kept in touch. And then we toured over there and his band IMI came out with us and toured. And you know, once uh, things went crazy uh, after 2015 mm-hmm. I called him I'm like, hey, dude, why don't you fly to the states? We'll fly over here and let's get get in a room and jam. And it's just, it's just so effortless for him. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. He's He's ten years younger than us, but like, this when he grew up in South Africa, this is what he listened to. Oh yeah. You know, it was like us and Bon Jovi and, yeah. and every record he produced. Yeah. You know, so.
0: <laughs> and the nicest guy you can meet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I met him awesome. two minutes later. We completely hit it off. That's and, cool. You know. Great, great, great guy, yep,
3: All right. so is is the future? is he the future of the band or or just the...
2: as of right now he's the future of Skid Row? yeah, yeah? Mm-hmm.
3: okay, so um I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what are the chances of the five of you guys ever getting in a room together again? don't know, yeah, hope it's padded. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll need to be when you're done
2: <laughs> no honestly I don't know I yeah. don't know you know I, I talk to a few so every now and then but yeah. it, it is what it is you know yeah so. he's
3: doing that 4 by fate project now that's what I heard yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. So seems to be doing well good but uh uh, as a fan, I, I just want to thank both of y'all for uh, creating this album. It right Was a big part of our ki- our childhood. That's cool. Well, not we that had you're all the fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. Like
3: I was too young to have any of the fun at the time, but uh, <laughs> just dreamt of what it must be like. But yeah, I uh, started playing guitar when this was a, a new album to me, and uh, it was a big influence on me and. Uh, Snake and Scotty's work as a guitar player you Mm. know was very inspiring uh, because it it really stood out at the time too because they were different than anyone else that was doing at the time because the flashy guitar player was what was in vogue Mm. but they had and you guys as a band had your own identity for sure right on man but I want to thank both of you for doing this Michael it's Mm -hmm. been a lot of fun cool bro get a piece of me
1: take a piece of me Get a piece, a piece of me, and take a piece.